0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. All this week, Greg Patton and Ken Copley are here to help us understand the reality of the spiritual realm and how you and I can be victors, not victims. In life, we fail to recognize the temporal versus the eternal, the unseen versus the seen. And the unseen is the most important of all. Pastor and radio host Greg Patton is here all this week, taking us on his personal journey dealing with the spirit world, unnerving, house-shaking, spine-tingling experiences with the demonic and captive. Today, we hear how both men, Dr. Greg Patton and Dr. Ken Copley, found themselves on the battlefield, which changed their lives and ministries forever. Here's pastor evangelist, Dr. Greg Patton. Well, thank you, Matthew.
1: Excited to have the opportunity to share this new book, The Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim? Which are you? This week in the studio with me, Dr. Ken Copley, who already has produced The Great Deceiver. Many of you have purchased that book or are going to. That Great Deceiver, it's a great work on spiritual warfare. So, Dr. Copley and I are going to be talking about a number of things this week leading up to, again, this new book. Dr. Copley, welcome to Southwest Radio Church and
2: Watchman on the Wall. It is my privilege to be with you.
1: Well, I thought a good introduction to uh, this series, The Invisible War of the Saints, our new book in helping Christians with spiritual warfare to tell the story, my story, Dr. Copley's story on how in the world did we get involved in demonic activity and helping people who have demonic problems. Let me say this. Neither one of us wanted any part of any of this. I think that's a good start. So, well, let me tell my story here first. One of those questions I ask frequently and certainly did this day, what am I doing here and what's going on? Every January, my wife Sharon and I, the kids would treat our church family, Roanoke Baptist, with a special day at our farmhouse up in Cherubusco, Indiana. In gratitude for their support and their prayers throughout the year and our evangelistic work, we would say thank you early in January after things cleared up from the holidays. It was one of those Saturdays when everyone was there. We were waiting on Pastor Bachman, my preacher, to arrive and make it official. I was helping my wife prep some things for the big meal when the phone rang, and I was surprised. To hear a somewhat panicked voice on the other end. It was Mike, the son of our head deacon. The tone of his voice made me think that maybe something had happened to Pastor. He was late. A fearful thought or, or maybe a car crash. Why was he sounding so scared, so upset, really? Obviously I wanted to know what was going on. He said he had just taken a call at the church. He was there working, someone asking for the preacher. He asked me if Preacher was at the house yet, and I said no we're still waiting on him. Mike asked me if the preacher was a thousand. I said, nope, we're waiting. He went on to relate that he was talking to what he thought was a, a young woman asking for help, and the conversation was interrupted by what sounded like some vile, foul-mouthed old woman. This diabolical sounding voice took over the conversation. She demanded that he hang up. Obviously, the voice was very scary to him. I later recorded about 60 hours of this same voice as I attempted to, well, free this woman completely, being dominated by evil spirits. My Christian brother related to me that he did not know what to do in this situation, that he was really shaken by it. He was able to tell this young woman, between interruptions from this older-sounding woman, that Pastor was visiting our home, and he gave her my phone number. My immediate thought was, what? So now I'm about to panic. My heart began to beat rapidly and I was sick to my stomach, all the while wondering, what's this about? Was it a joke? It certainly didn't sound like it. As a matter of fact, this thing sounded very serious. My brother related to me he did not know what to do in this situation. I believe most could definitely identify today with my attitude, given the fact that most never experienced anything in this arena. Boy, I am thinking... This is one conversation I don't want, I don't need. Life ministry is going very well for me. Needless to say, I began to pray feverishly that the pastor would get there immediately. I'll let him handle this thing. I have no idea what's going on. We waited, prayed, waited, and prayed some more. Let me admit right here that I also prayed that my phone would not ring, ladies and gentlemen. And then it happened the phone rang. Now I'm hoping maybe someone else will answer it. I start immediately to give myself that little spiritual self-talk. Come on, Greg, are you a man or a mouse? I mean, you've been taking command with strong teaching and preaching in pulpits all over America, in front of thousands of people, church after church. Now, come on, let's not wimp out at a time like this. It didn't work. I must tell you, I did answer the phone somewhat sheepishly. Not knowing who or what was on the other end. I was relieved to hear the pleasant sound of a young lady's voice, and I immediately told her that Pastor was not here yet. She just started to relate how she had come to Fort Wayne for a funeral and that she was at the airport waiting to leave. In my mind, I was just formulating where all of this was going and how I was going to be able to help her. That's when everything will change dramatically. The next thing I know, here is a voice that made me. Well, instantly sink to my stomach. I've never heard anything like this before in my life. In my mind, I imagined a character out of one of the worst horror movies, maybe. This dark, creepy voice immediately started cussing at me and demanding I hang up the phone. Fear gripped me, and it wouldn't let go. Amazing how the mind works and what fear will do. It's not a pretty picture. Confusion reigned in my mind. What is going on? No, it didn't sound like a joke at all. This evil spirit, this demon that would later tell me his name was Abaddon, began to threaten me and telling me to hang up the phone now. Having never gone through anything like this before, and most pastors or lay people serving God listening to this right now, they've never gone through anything like this. What was going, what am I supposed to say or do? They didn't teach anything about this in Bible school in the institute or in college. Pray, that's it. Let's pray. But how do I pray? For one of the few times in my life, as a radio announcer, all my life, television news anchor, evangelist, I was speechless. Can I pray? Should I pray? What advice can I offer? I I am totally lost here. So this was my introduction to spiritual warfare. I went on to read 119 books, starting with Mark Bubeck's "The Adversary" on what to do because nobody could help me. No preacher was able to help me at the time, and And I wanted to help her, but I needed to help myself first. I just never experienced anything like this. You'll find out more about this in my book, my friend, The Invisible War of the Saints Victor or Victim. How did we help this gal and the hundreds that would follow in the next four decades? That's my story. And I pray again that as you read our book, my friend, it'll help you and those that you love in this very important area of spiritual warfare. It's real. It's definitely today. So with that, let me uh, pass the baton to my colleague here who also has over 40 years working in this area. And like myself, I know Dr. Copley had no desire to be a part, but like me, it was just thrust upon him one day. I was excited about serving an evangelism. You were excited about pastoring that Baptist church. And then uh, things changed. So perhaps the folks have not heard about how you got involved in spiritual warfare. Could you tell us, sir?
2: I grew up in a fundamental Baptist home, uh, went to a fundamental Baptist church. Every time the doors were open, we were there through my teenage years, I really wanted nothing to do with the Lord. I thought Christian life was boring. I wanted to live my own life. Age 21, the Holy Spirit began to convict me of what a sinner I was. My mother gave me a Bible one afternoon because I was sitting at the kitchen table crying. I was so overwhelmed with my sin and guilt. I began to read it, and I realized that Jesus died for me, was buried, rose again from the dead. He loved me, I was a hell-bound sinner. He wanted to bring me into eternal life through salvation. I cried out to God, asked Him to forgive me of my sins and to save my soul, and He did. November 5, 1968, at one o'clock in the morning, I became a child of God. Went to work the next day, witnessed to three people. They all looked at me like I was a deer in the headlights. But I knew I was saved and on my way to heaven, and gloriously, God had changed my life called me to Bible college. I graduated from Bible college and a couple of seminaries, and I was in a pastorate. And I really did not embrace the idea of spiritual warfare. One of the things is, all of the schools I went to, the only thing I ever heard about spiritual warfare was negative toward Jesse Penn Lewis's book, War on the Saints. So I was Preaching, growing a church, started the church. God gave us land, built an auditorium, had a school K through 12, had a weekly television program. And all of that time, I ignored spiritual warfare. A matter of fact, I've gone back and looked over all of the sermons I preached. Anytime it came to the devil or demons, I just glazed over them like they didn't exist. And then one day, my autistic son, Daniel, at age of 16, said to my wife, I can't find Luke. And my wife said, "Uh, who's Luke? He said he looks like an angel, he looks like a man, but he's not. He's my very best friend. And he tells me that God hates me because of the way he created me, that you and um, dad hate me because of the way that you do not understand me, but he understands me and he loves me, but I can't find him. So my wife called me. I remember at the office, I got this call, and she's telling me about Luke. And I'm saying, this is absolutely not so. Now, to back up a little bit, we had daily devotions with the family every morning where we would read the Bible, and then I would always pop in a short tape where we would listen to a sermon. One morning, somehow, I had received a tape from a fellow by the name of Jim Logan out of Sioux City, Iowa. And he starts talking about the demonic. After about five minutes of listening to it, I got up. I said, that is absolute heresy. I asked my wife to throw it in the garbage on her way into the kitchen. Went to my pulpit on Sunday morning, said, "Any of you have any materials by Jim Logan, I would advise you to burn them. The man is an out-and-out heretic because he believes there's demonic activity today. And then Luke shows up, or doesn't show up to be exact. And so we began to experience in our home not only a Luke, but also my, one of my daughters was suicidal. Another daughter was having an eating disorder. Another son was being attacked at night by demons. And the children in their bunk beds in the middle of the night, the bunk beds were hammering against the wall. And I said, I don't know what to do. So my wife called a Christian leader friend of ours and said, this is what's going on. About two days later, I receive a call. I remember it was about eight o'clock in the morning. I remember distinctly when I picked up the phone and the voice on the other end said, good morning, this is Jim Logan. <laughs> I hear you're having some trouble. oh, said, boy. oh man, am I ever. I said, let me tell you what I did with your tape. Let me tell you what I told my church. <laughs> and he started to laugh. Amen. So he asked me a whole pile of questions. Now, I uh, was not uneducated in the area of counseling. Matter of fact, I was a level two certified Nuthetic counselor. I'd been through a lot of hands-on training through an internship and written papers. And I really thought I had my act together when it came to biblical counseling. So Every question he asked me, I didn't have an answer. And finally, he said to me, he said, I believe the Lord is leading me to take you through a doctoral level course in warfare counseling. And he said, it is very evident you've never been to kindergarten. I do know what, ladies and gentlemen, that's true for so many,
1: if not the majority of this audience listening to this program today. We've never been to kindergarten in spiritual warfare. How sad is that? So,
2: Dr. Copley, you've never been to kindergarten, hmm? And I had to agree with him. What had happened is my grandmother was a sorceress. We had tarot cards. We had Ouija boards. We had contact with the dead. That was just kind of normal to me. That was grandma. That was her family. And then my grandmother passed away. And a couple weeks later we begin to get all of this demonic activity. And I believe God is sovereign. I believe He's in control of the enemy. I also believe that as elections have consequences, the fall has consequences. Sin has consequences. And so in our bloodline we have occultic activity. And I begin to pray for my family that God would Cover us with a hedge of protection, and that I begin to renounce the sins of my fathers, forefathers to the third and fourth generation. And as I begin to do that, we begin to see some freedom come. Let each one of my children through prayers of uh, forgiveness for evil in their life. And my daughter had said from a little child, she had dreamed about suicide, had Uh, Wanted to kill herself, thought of ways to kill herself. And she said, It was when I started to pray that God would bring everything hidden in our family to light, she would just cringe with fear, afraid that God would do that. And over a period of time, by using warfare principles, confronting the enemy, dealing with ancestral iniquities, dealing with sin, God brought our family to freedom. My son came to freedom. Matter of fact, he became a powerful prayer warrior for Dr. Logan. Every Monday morning, Dr. Logan would call and give him a prayer list for the week, and he would spend the week praying for freedom for those who so desperately needed freedom. So I was drug kicking and screaming into warfare, a field I could not have ever imagined myself entering. And I can say, to God be the glory, I am glad to be here.
1: My colleague, Dr. Ken Copley, and stories just like this, so many in Invisible War of the Saints. Are you a victor or are you a victim? Available at Southwest Radio Church, swrc.com. Call 1-800-652-1144. That was great. That's fantastic, Dr. Copley, to see how God worked in your life. I'm wondering, though, folks listening right now to Southwest Radio Church, if there's some Ken Copleys out there saying, what on earth are these guys talking about? You suppose that's possible?
2: <laughs> that is extremely possible. Wow.
1: So what are we going to do? We're laying a foundation. That basically, it's what we're trying to do today is to show you we're just two regular guys, nothing special, trying to minister. Uh, we have uh, been at it for so many years in the in the ministry. I've been in Fort Wayne, Indiana, pastoring for 35 years. I think combined doing counseling, you and I are over 80 years of talking to yeah, people about true. this very subject. So, so we're not novices, and we're not trying to do anything other than just basically help people. And Jesus said he came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free, and I, I think yeah. that's what we're doing. Some of the voices, again, that have come our way, and there are hundreds of them, ladies and gentlemen. This is a a lead-in to our book, some of the things that you and I have confronted. Let's share some. As a child, my parents were somewhat overweight. They assured me that I was a Clean Your Plate Club member, and during my teen years, I was chubby and suffered a lot of ridicule from my peers. I received the Lord at a youth camp when I was 10 years old. I have no doubt that I'm a child of God. In my earlier 20s, I couldn't stop eating. Food had become the only fun and comfort in my life. Today, my food cravings overwhelm me. Last evening, I was so desperate for something else to eat that when I went to the fridge, I ate a bowl of cold gravy. I've tried every diet on the market, but nothing works. My doctor says my excessive weight is causing a lot of harm to my body. I cannot find a way out of my food addiction. Please, is there someone out there that could? help me
2: the lord jesus christ can help you he would meet you where you are and the problem is you have a faulty belief system and you have perhaps demonic activity driving this addiction you've made this an idol in your life which needs to be repented of and you need to ask god's forgiveness for the sin of gluttony. You need to ask God to take back the ground that Satan has gained in your soul. Ask God to cleanse you by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you will be absolutely amazed at the freedom you'll receive.
1: Dr. Copley and I just sharing a few of the hundreds of comments that have come in over our 80 years and ministering from folks. Dr. Copley, you have one there?
2: My stepfather married my mother when I was three years old. My mother worked nights. Shortly after they married, he began to molest me. Throughout my teen years, I suffered unspeakable things from this man. And this one, sir. The sin of pride somehow developed into demonic bondage in my life. Years and years through Christian high school and college, as an assistant pastor and Christian school administrator, it never ended. That God finally directed me to the answer, and I have been set free. By
1: the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is one that I personally worked with, and uh, in a matter of moments, this man was set free from years of of torment. A very real story that you just need to read in The Invisible War and the Saints. That brother got so excited, he started telling everyone and sending out our tape messages to family and friends saying, You need to listen to this. You need to follow the direction of this preacher. It was great. Dr. Copley. what did this uh,
2: tormented Christian say? I have an inner rage in me that churns like molten lava. I take heavy doses of medication to try to control my anger. I've tried everything. Why can't I find inner peace? I live in mental torment. What's wrong with me? I know Jesus is my savior. Where can I find help? And just like that, we decided we had to
1: share the years and decades of helping people with spiritual problems that go beyond sin to demonic control in their life. And that's the invisible war on the saints. So many people have found freedom in Jesus Christ. And here's one I'll never forget. God directed this man to me. It was unbelievable.
2: I ministered to hundreds of thousands over the life of my ministry, and yet I came so close to taking my own life because of demonic control.
1: Dr. Copley and I just sharing a few of the beginning of the Invisible War of the Saints, some of those things that have come our way to grab your attention. There is hope. There is freedom in Jesus Christ when you surrender to him and get things taken care of. And that's what this whole book is about, my friend. Let me ask you this, Dr. Copley. Again, uh, I answered in my book, but uh, we're talking here on the radio about demonic control. Are we talking Christians, unsaved people, both? The majority of the people that uh, we've worked with, what would you say?
2: majority of the people we've worked with are believers in Jesus Christ.
1: So how could they have any problems with demonic control
2: here's what happens when we're born again we're born again by the Spirit of God we're saved in our spirit in our spirit is a place where the enemy can't touch but the enemy can show up as a squatter we can rent out space to evil spirits whereby they can have control in our lives what's happened is through ancestral sins and iniquities, and through personal sin. The occult is a big one, and there's all kinds of occultic activity in our society today. Everything is riddled with the occult. Cartoons on Saturday morning for the kids are filled with occultic themes. Anything that has given opportunity to the enemy to take space in our lives can be a Foothold for the devil. The Bible says, The angry and sin not, neither give ground or space or a foothold. A foothold is a place to stand. So the enemy can very much have control in our lives through a foothold, through an open door, through an invitation. He's a squatter, he comes with a sealed and signed by us. Document that lets him stay there until we deal with the sins and iniquities that allowed him to show up. Available.
1: Invisible War on the Saints. Dr. Copley, how do we get a copy of that?
2: Call 1 800 652 1144. Again, that's 800 652 1144. com or write to post office. Box 76834, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And the zip is 73147,
1: 73147. Invisible War of the Saints, excited to share with you some of the things that are afflicting the church today, a very high percentage. I think Michael Youssef, many of you are familiar with that voice, says that probably 95% of the pastors in America have no idea how to deal with the demonic. And 95% of the churches in America have problems in the area of the demonic. Let me just say this, my friend. If you indeed listen to Christian Radio very much and the national voices that are so popular, they're all saying the same thing. Demons really working hard in the world today, especially here in America. And Christians need to be aware. We'll have more on the broadcast tomorrow. Watchman on the wall, Dr. Copley and I will. Take a step further here. It's all from our new book, The Invisible War of the Saints, Victor or Victim? Naming your sin and seeing how you give ground to the Don't miss.
0: The program tomorrow. Invisible War on the Saints by Dr. Greg Patton is here. You know someone who needs this book. Maybe that someone is you. Order Invisible War on the Saints today when you call one 800 652 1144 that's 1 1144 or you can order at our website swrc.com. All of this week's programs are from the brand new book Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim, a highly anticipated book that is now available at swrc.com or by calling 18006521144. That's 1 1-1-4-4. A unique opportunity for you and your family is almost here. Southwest Radio Ministries' three day prophecy conference in Columbus, Ohio, October 26th through the 28th, with over a dozen speakers, including special keynote speakers Jonathan Kahn and Donald Perkins. You don't want to miss this special event. Registration is open right now. Call 1 800 652 1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or register at the events page of our website, swrc.com. When you register, be sure to ask about the VIP package, which includes a special VIP-only Q&A panel with the conference speakers. Listen to this lineup. Dr. Larry Spargiamino, Greg Patton, Micah Van Hus, Bill Federer, Lonnie Shipman, Dr. Kenneth Hill, Josh Davis, Larry Stamm, Douglas Stoffer, Mac Dominic, and Clayton Van Hus. Bible Prophecy, the latest archaeological information from Israel, Biblical Mysteries, a special one world update, and Jonathan Kahn in person. Don't be left behind. Register today. Tomorrow, Greg Patton will show how you and I must give no place to the devil. As we continue with the invisible war on the saints. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by logging on to oneplace.com. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit our website, swrc.com.